Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Murder with Friends. My name's Kaylee Patton, and this is the podcast where I tell my friends my favorite true crime stories. Today's episode is another innocent or guilty, and we are going to be talking about Scott Peterson. I have Willie P back on with us today. I know you guys love him, but he's my husband, so back off. And before we jumped on, I just wanted to share something with you guys. A listener actually reached out to me today and inspired me to put this episode out. I've been sitting on it for like a week, just not wanting to edit because hearing the sound of your own voice is just the absolute worst. But of course, if you guys like what I'm doing, you know, rate, review, five stars always, but just reach out to me. It really means a lot to hear from you guys and she really just inspired me to keep doing it and keep going for it and I just can't express how much that means to me but anyway um Amanda thank you so much and this one's for you let's do it murder victims show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. Warning, this podcast is for mature audiences only. Yes, I'm talking to you, little girl covered up with her unicorns and her Care Bears. This will give you nightmares. There will be talks of murder, rape, and a lot of foul language on my part. So go to bed. Alright, so here is your one and only trigger warning that Willie P is in the building. If you're easily offended tough <laughs> so how's your day uh, better better than yesterday it's definitely better than yesterday <laughs> today was very boring you could try going and installing a microwave that somebody else has already tried to install and not and all of the installation pieces were missing wow and then they didn't tell me that the pieces were missing. So, of course, I get, you know, everything situated and get the old one down and realize that it's not going to work. <laughs> so, what did you have to do? I put the old one back up, said, get me the stuff. Wow. And then they're going to get a uh, an FU charge for... Um, not telling me that everything wasn't there. Yeah. Because they knew. They thought, oh yeah, then all the brackets missing and the screws are missing. And I was like, well, then why didn't you tell me that when I walked in the door? <laughs> you could have saved me 35 minutes. Yeah. And uninstalling and reinstalling the same microwave that's broken. Jeez. So yeah, that's how the, my day ended. The rest of the day was okay. That part right there made the rest of it crappy though. 
Alright, so you've heard of Scott Peterson, right? Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. What? Hmm? What? He's the one that, that shot up that school, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fired. No. Uh, isn't, isn't he the one that was uh, the oil rigger and, and buried his family? And... That was Chris Watts. Well, then he sounds like he's probably some other piece of shit. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to determine today. Because it's very controversial whether he did it or not. Didn't his wife do it? What do you mean? No, I'm thinking about, what was that other chick's name? The, the one that was like Zanny the Nanny took care of the oh, kids. it's Casey Anthony. Oh, see, I knew it was something <laughs> like that. No, that bitch did it. <laughs> Fuck you, that's not controversial. That bitch did it. <laughs> I told you Brittany saw her at a Jags game, right? No. Yeah. Fucking bitch. Scott Peterson, in 2004, was convicted of first-degree murder for killing his pregnant wife, Lacey. And was sentenced to life. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. He was sentenced to the death penalty. And some people say that he did it. And then some people say, eh, maybe not. Well, were any of those people there? No. Oh, okay. But a lot of... I'll just get into it. They met in the middle of 1994. 94? At a restaurant in Morro Bay, California. And it was called the Pacific Cafe. Scott worked there at the time. Lacey would go there often to visit one of her neighbors that worked there. They started talking. They discovered that they both went to California Polytech College. Scott majored in agricultural business and Lacey majored in ornamental horticulture. Do not ask me what that is. I don't fucking know. It's flowers and stuff and arranging flowers. Horticulture is... Horticulture? Yeah. Why would you go to school for that? Well, I mean, depending on what you're trying to do with your life, I mean, you could probably make some pretty good money. Making floral arrangements? Yeah. I think that's what it's about. I know it's got something to do with plants anyway. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, right after they met, Lacey went home that night and told her mom that she just met the man that she was married. Their first date, they went deep sea fishing where Lacey got horribly seasick. Uh, they dated for two years and then they moved in together. In 1977, after Lacey graduated, they got married. Hold on. 1977? Mm-hmm. 1997. Oh. Yes, 1997, because they met in 1994. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you write your notes down wrong. Yes, 1997. And then while Scott finished up his senior year in college, Lacey got a job. It was around this time that Scott had his first extramarital affair. 
Uh, Scott graduated in 1998 and received his bachelor's of science degree in agricultural business. After he graduated, they opened up their own bar in St. Louis Abasipo. I'm sorry, but the bar was called The Shack. In 2000, they decided to sell the bar and they moved to Modesto, California to start a family. They purchased a three bedroom, two bath bungalow house for $177,000 on Covina Avenue. It was a pretty nice house. Yeah, that same house is probably going for like four times that much right now. Right. <laughs> um, Lacey got a job as a part-time substitute teacher. Uh, Lacey's loved ones, including her mom and her sister, stated that she worked enthusiastically at being the perfect housewife. She really enjoyed cooking and entertaining and just loved being a housewife. Scott got a job with Trade Corp USA, a newly founded subsidiary of a European European fertilizer company. European fertilizer. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> In 2002, the couple found out that they were pregnant with their first child. Poor kid. They decided they were going to name him Connor. The last time Lacey's parents saw her was during a three-day weekend that they spent in Carmel, California, the week before Christmas. On December 23rd, 2002, at 5.45 p.m., the couple went to a hair salon that Lacey's sister, Amy, worked at to get their monthly haircuts. Amy said that Scott offered to pick up a fruit basket that she had ordered for her grandfather as a Christmas present the next day because he'd be playing golf at the course nearby. And Lacey's mom spoke to her daughter around 8.30 that night. What I'm about to say next is... Scott's recollection, recollection of the next day. December 24th, 2002. He got up. He realized it was going to be too cold to go golfing. So he decided to go fishing. While driving to his warehouse, he checks his voicemail at 10.08. He had a voicemail from his boss saying, you know, hey, can you look something up? So he gets to the warehouse and gets on his computer at 10.30, 10.56 and replies back to his boss's email and looks up how to assemble a woodworking tool that he got a few days before in the mail. If he had to look up how to assemble the woodworking tool, he probably didn't need to be using said woodworking tool. <laughs> Especially if you got it in the mail, it was brand new, come with instructions. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. But that's what he said. And there's records. I mean, there's a history of it. Um, 20 minutes after that is unaccounted for. And I think that's him actually, like, assembling and messing with the tool and, you know, trying it out. And, you know, just messing around with it. Probably got himself hurt. He launches his boat at 12.54. At 12.55 to 2.11, people saw him loading his fishing boat and fishing. He leaves between 2.15 and 3.25. He calls Lacey and leaves a voicemail on her phone. And I'll play that for you guys right now. Hey, beautiful. I just left a message at home. Uh, 2.15. I live in Berkeley. I won't be able to get to the Villa Farms to get that basket for Papa. So I was hoping you would get this message and uh, go on out there. I'll see you in a bit, sweetie. Love you. Bye. End of message. What'd you just say? Hmm? Repeat what you said. I said that you... You know, you probably wouldn't got a voicemail like that from me. Why? Because at 2.15, I'd still been fishing. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> After that voicemail, he says he stops for gas. He tries to call Lacey again. He goes to the warehouse, drops off the boat and all his fishing stuff, and... You know, unloads it all, and then he leaves the warehouse at 4.13. Uh, he gets home around 4.30, 4.45. Still too early. <laughs> the fish are just starting to bite right there. Oh, my God. He notices Lacey's car in the driveway, but Lacey is not home. He doesn't really think much about it. He assumes Lacey's mom came over and picked her up to go Christmas shopping or prepare for the Christmas dinner. Would you think it's weird if my car was here and I was gone? I mean, if I showed up after fishing all day and you were home. And, and my car was here. But your car was here. And yeah, I'd probably call your mom because that's the only person I can think of who you'd be with. You'd call my mom and not me? Yeah. <laughs> Especially if I've already called you once or twice. Yeah. And you didn't answer the phone. You're like, yeah, hey, where's your daughter? Yeah. I'm trying to think 2002. Were cell phones a thing? I mean, I guess it was because he was called on cell phone. Yeah. But that's like next till chirp, right? Yeah, you're talking about the old school flip phones. Like the, the ones that were nearly indestructible and Right. Singular wireless. <laughs> but yeah, he came home. She wasn't there. Car was there. He didn't think anything of it. The, the dog was in the backyard with its leash on. Um, he dumps the dirty mop water out. And... Yeah. Dirty mop water where she was mopping. And then he takes a shower. He washes his clothes. Um, some people really find that 
iffy. Like, why would you take a shower and wash your clothes right when you get home? But, I, I mean, he works with a bunch of chemicals and he has a pregnant wife. True. So, it's probably just habit. And if you've been fishing all day, you have a fish scales, guts, you know. It smells like bug spray. That's Mosquito. the worst for me. <laughs> Listen, the mosquitoes are tough around here, okay? <laughs> they hit like linebackers, and there's like 50 bajillion of them motherfuckers. <laughs> Not even that. It's the gnats for me. All up in my eyeballs. I can't do it. Uh, he presses play on the voicemail machine. He hears his own message. And he also hears uh, Lacey's stepdad's message. Asking them to bring whipped cream for the pies when they came over later. And then that set alarm bells. Um, because he's like, well, if she's not with them and she's not here, where the hell is she at? So, at 5.15, he calls her family. Uh, Scott takes the dog around the block to look for Lacey. At 5.47, the stepdad calls 911. At around 6.50, the police arrive. Uh, detectives look around the house and states that Scott's demeanor is just wrong. Um, he doesn't want them to scratch his truck whenever they pull up. He makes the detectives use coasters on their drinks. And, uh, just doesn't seem like a grieving husband. But, like, she's not dead yet. Where is she? They haven't figured it out yet. So, um, they bring Scott in for an interview. Of course, because the significant other is always the one they look at first. Absolutely. The one that spends the most time with the other person and usually... Uh, is the one that, you know, pretty much just you know, strangle him or something. I oh, I know. That's why I put it in my wedding vows that you're not allowed to kill me. Mm -hmm. I told somebody that today. <laughs> <laughs> I actually told that guy that today because he was on the phone. That's why it was weird because he was on the phone with somebody and he's like, oh, I gotta go, and this, and then he hung up, and he's like, yeah, I just didn't want to talk to her. Her daughter just died. Her boyfriend killed her. And I was like, yeah, that's why I put in my vows that my husband's not allowed to burn her me. And he, like, gave me a high five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, they bring Scott in for an interview. Um, midnight one o'clock in the morning uh, they go through the day's events Scott states that they have a good marriage and they have a baby on the way um, it is reported that in 2004 that on December 24th that first night that he found out she was missing that he had downloaded the Playboy channel now, reporters say that, but it is not documented anywhere that that actually happened. Why Playboy? 
I mean, we still had AOL back then. Uh, <laughs> in 2002? Yeah, AOL. I mean, that's kind of old school, man. Why would you download a channel? Exactly my point. We still had AOL. It was slow as hell. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you, know, you can still find pretty much anything you're looking for. They probably had a really big TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can just... You know, cast it to the TV right. from your phone, man. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, on the 25th, the police asked him to take a polygraph. and He refused. No, well, Scott was willing, but his family encouraged him not to. So, and then on the 26th, the media just swoops in because it was Christmas Eve and Christmas. Mm-hmm. So... Um, well, the holidays bring out the best in people, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, and it's not really a thing to do news reports. I, I found this out. It's not really a thing to do news reports during the holidays, yeah. like big ones. Yeah, well, you're talking about like morbid. Right, yeah. right, right. Because they want to dampen the holiday spirit. Right. Pagan holidays. <laughs> Um, so, media swoops in on the 26th, um, they basically camp out in their front yard. The neighbors come out and tell the family and the media that they saw Lacey walking that day. There was between 21 and 24 sightings, and they tell the detective, or they tell that the, um, the police never knocked on anybody's door. To ask these 24 neighbors. So they didn't canvas the immediate no. area. Well, no. that seems a little suspicious to me. I mean, that's, used, that's standard And then procedure. after this, they still didn't. Yeah, standard operating procedure is when somebody goes missing or a crime happens, you go knock on door to door. Right. And, I, mean, I mean, they all claim, you know, I saw her walking the dog. This is before all the ring doorbells and, you know, everybody's oh, yeah. cameras up and stuff. Yeah. And cameras weren't still worth a shit back then, so... I mean... Right. I mean, even, like, uh, was it CT... CT, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) CCTV. Yeah, CCTV footage. Yeah, that... It was pretty shitty then, because it's pretty shitty now. I mean, it's a lot (laughs) better now, but... Uh Uh-huh. A lot of people haven't updated. Police asked Scott to do a full legal search of the house... Scott's like, yeah, sure. Um, let me just clear it with my attorney first. And the detectives got impatient and got a warrant. So the media is like, oh, Scott denied them. So they had to get a warrant. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott was going to ask his legal team, you know, because they already advised him not to take the polygraph. So he's... I thought you said the family advised him not to. Well, yes, and then I'm sure his lawyer told him not to, too. Or or did they? Shut up. Well, just saying. Because you know why people deny to take a lie detector test? Because they have something to hide. No, not necessarily. I mean, yes and no. One, it's not admissible in court. So, what's the point? 
and two, they get fucked up all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it was one of those things when the technology came out, it was, you know, reliable, but now it's really, it was deemed reliable. Now it's not really reliable. Right. You can't even bring it up in court. Like, you can't even be like, yeah, they passed or failed a, right. a polygraph test because there are tricks and, and stuff. You can you can look it up online how to pass a polygraph test. Right, right. And um, at the warehouse, they found one single strand of hair wrapped around a pair of pliers that were rusted shut. Lacey's hair, of course. But how many strands of my hair do listen, you have on listen. you right now? <laughs> Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I bet you I could dig in my underwear right now and pull out a strand or four of your hairs, okay? <laughs> so, for, for me, that doesn't sell anything. That does He's not guilty on that fact just because her hair was there because it could have transplanted. I could go out there to my work vehicle. Where I'd never go. Ne- never been in it. No. And take my lint roller that I use because I get dryer lint all over my shirts every day and roll up and down both the seats, all of the seats, and probably pull them out with, you know, enough to make a little lock of hair. <laughs> um, and it was rusted shut. What? How long does it take for pliers to be rusted shut? It depends. Like, I mean, it is California, so I figured the air salt would be water, yeah. salty. But not a day. No, no. No, you're talking about, depending on the kind of pliers, too, because, you know, different metals and and different coatings and stuff. But just like your average cheap pair of pliers you get at the dollar store, you you know, a week or so before it's rusted to the point, especially if it's been in the salt water and then left out to dry, you know, a week or so, maybe two, before you can't even open the pliers. Right. That's why I use WD-40. On the 27th, Scott really isn't in the media, or as much as he should be, quote unquote. The family across the street comes home from the holidays on the 27th and finds out that their house has been robbed. So the neighbor reports... Well, a neighbor reports that she drove by the house and saw some guys in the front yard giving her the stink eye. But she didn't report it because she didn't know, you know, they might have people... Working on the house. Working on stuff. Come come getting stuff out of their house. Or, you know, there's there's no telling. You know, mind your own fucking business. Cool. Absolutely. (laughs) But they heard that they got robbed, and they're like, oh, yeah, I saw somebody over there. So, um, on the 30th, when they, they found the people that robbed their house, and they brought them in for questioning. And the first thing... That they said was I had nothing to do with that pregnant girl. That's a little odd. Yeah. So. I guess if you were in the general vicinity of a person coming up missing. And you already know 
you know, you got caught red-handed. Right. Then sure, you know, what, you know, I did this over here, but this over here, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Absolutely. No, 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 no. That probably wouldn't be the first thing that I said. I mean, it just depends. It depends on I what. I mean, you got to think, this was like a nationwide story. Exactly. So you know you're already in the vicinity. You get caught up. Listen. You, you get caught up robbing the street, robbing the house right across the street. It, I'm not going to say it's the first thing that would come out of my mouth, but I wouldn't have let them ask any questions about it. I'd have been, you know, just up, up front. Because going to jail for one thing would be better than going to jail for that. Right. Well, there was a safe in that house, and they said that they took the safe and they put it outside on the front lawn, and that while they were going back in and, you know, taking other stuff. And they claimed the robbery took place on the 26th. What was happening on the 26th? The media was all over the street in front of that house. So that's... No, you. I mean, if, if you look like some movers coming in with a box truck, I mean, you could probably could have played it off and not never got caught, but you're not just going to go break into somebody's house while there's 30 people out front. Right. Um, and then also on the 30th, they get a call from a woman named Amber Fry. Can you guess who Amber Fry is? Scott Peterson's mistress. Yes. Uh. So, uh, turns out they were in a five-week relationship. They only saw each other like four times in that five-week period. He told Amber that he was single. On December 9th, which was like two weeks after or before his wife went missing, he told her that he was married, but he lost his wife, and this is going to be the first Christmas without her. Suspicious? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd say suspicious. Maybe he was trying to run a game on her. Yeah. You know, play the pity card. Yeah. But if you already said you're single, why bring it up? Right. So, immediately after he said that, he was like, Look, I'm going to Europe for the holidays, and when I get back, we can discuss everything further. Amber had no idea about Lacey, Lacey's disappearance until her friend showed her a newspaper article about Scott, and she connected all the pieces. She didn't, she wasn't the type to watch the news or, you know, anything like that. Sounds real good. Um, the police bugged her phone at that point, and she was working with the police to help prove his guilty or innocent. They were trying to prove his guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, on the 31st, of December, uh, Lacey, they held Lacey a candlelight vigil 
Because at this point in time, they still haven't even found her body. Right. So she's just a missing person. Two missing persons. Two missing persons. Um, and at this candle candlelight vigil, they caught a picture of him holding a candle and laughing, smiling, and just having a good old time. Um, the news circulates that, you know, he has no emotion and he's just sitting here having a gay old time. Lacey's family says he was just having a sweet moment with his niece and the news got the picture and just wanted to have the biggest headlines. I mean, you know, definitely not trying to uh, defend the man or, or, you know, anything, but the media is known for taking, I mean, look at some of the tabloid pictures at the, oh yeah, I mean, at the supermarket, you know, oh yeah, uh, they're going to get pictures, they're going to get 30 dozen pictures, and then they're going to pick out the one that looks the worst or the best. Yep, depending and, on whatever's going to get. Yeah, whatever trying to headline, whatever headline they're trying to sell. Right. So, sure, I can go for that. Um, so, right before he went to, he went on stage to plea for his wife's return, he makes a phone call to Amber, and I'll play that for you guys right now. Hello? Baby? Yes. Amber? Can you hear me? Yeah. You can? Yeah, hey. Francisco thing didn't work out. 
So I'm probably most likely going to go later to Sean's. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Are you there? So what do you think of that one? What, the phone call? Yeah. I mean, there's no way to justify any of that. Talking to some other woman he's obviously involved with. Um, and the fact that, you know, cut the call short. It's hard to say for sure, but it, it, it seems really sketchy. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't deny that it looks sketchy, especially if the phone call was supposed to have taken place on the night of the candlelight vigil. Oh, he was at the candlelight vigil. Yeah, was, that's probably why he had to cut the call short. Yeah, but. Without saying goodbye or, oh, hey, I gotta go or anything, just click. Nope, he just hung up. He's supposed to be in Paris. Alright, so all that takes place. And on January 6th, he calls Amber and he just confesses that he's Scott Peterson and his wife is missing and just tells her everything. He says he did it? No. Then, on January 14th, the news kind of catches wind of Amber Fry because they d didn't know about her, only the police did. So, now that, you know, the news kind of gets a hold of it and talks to the, um, talks to the police and is like, yeah, like, just so you know, we're gonna let this out. See, not for nothing, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Alright, so he was involved with her for like what, like a month? Five weeks. Yeah, so so like a month before, you know, his wife They only missing. saw each other like four times. Still, a month. Even if they had spent every day together. Right. That's, you're talking about 30, 45 days. Right. I just don't understand the, hey, I'm this guy, and, you know, my wife is missing. And I'm the one that's on the news, but, you know, I still want to see you, and, and, and I just don't understand. Well, he didn't tell her that until January 6th. But still, I mean, you're talking about, what, like another month? So two months. Not even. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 60 days is not long enough for me to divulge any kind of secrets to anybody. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't if understand they, why he did it either. If they had been going, if they hadn't seen each other for two years. Right. Could probably understand it, but the, the two months, not even. Yeah, like. I don't understand what made him confess like that because he didn't know that they had bugged her phone. He didn't know that, you know, it was going to come out. He didn't know anything. Again, not trying to no, you know, it's, just, justify yeah. any of his actions. I just don't understand that part. Like, yeah. I don't know either.
Like, his, even his closest friends didn't know that, you know, he had a side chick? No, his friends knew. Oh, well. His still. Friend, his co-worker hooked him up. Still. So, anyway, the, the news catches wind of Amber Fry. And so, they tell the police, like, hey, we're about to release this. And so, the police tell the family. And it's like, hey, this is what's going on. Just so you're not sideswiped by this. And, of course, they're probably grateful. But, from that moment on... Like, they said that the first thing that Lacey's mom said was, why did he have to kill her? And then from that point forward, they kind of distanced themselves from Scott. Which, looking at it, okay, yeah, he's been in a relationship with this woman. But like you said, it was, I mean, it was literally five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not with somebody, and then five weeks later, you're like, yeah, I think it'll be a good idea to kill off my wife. There, there's definitely got to be some underlying issues. I mean, stuff that the, nobody knows, you know, or, or just stuff that was going on in the household that nobody knows. Just, you know, there's got to be something more to the story than, hey, I made this other chick, and it's, sure, it's time to kill my wife. Because that works out for every person that does it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, on January 24th, the police hold a media conference where Amber comes out and tells the world about her affair with Scott. Scott calls her right after and says that he's proud of her. And, like, you know, don't get yourself messed up in this, you know, just... Tell the truth. You don't have to lie to anybody. Just, you know, I'm really glad that you, you spoke your truth. Which, I don't know if that's shady or not. But, whatevs. Um, Scott does sit down with a few reporters and does interviews. Um, says he never lied about having an affair to the police. That the police asked if their marriage was good. And he said, yeah, because his marriage was good. You know, he was just a dirtbag for having an affair. Which he knew that Lacey, he, which he said that Lacey knew about and wasn't okay with it. But it wasn't going to let him break up the marriage. Or it was. <laughs> I mean. And in the middle of a... Um, in the middle of an interview, he said, she was, I mean, she is amazing. He got caught talking about her in the past tense. And everybody blew up about that shit. Oh, I'm sure. Everybody. I, at that point, though, did he have legal representation before he went and did that interview? Yeah. And they... Yeah. Told him it was a good idea? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure they didn't, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. God. 
At this point, they couldn't hate him any less. Still, though. April 13th. We jump a few months. Yeah. The police have looked at nobody else on this time. April 13th, 2003. A couple was walking their dog. And they found a body of a small baby in a marshy area of the San Francisco Bay Shore. In Richmond Port Isabel Regional Shoreline Park. It's north of uh, Berkeley, Berkeley, which is where Scott was fishing that day in the Berkeley Marina. Um, the infant's body was disemboweled. There was um, electrical tape on his ear and some kind of wire around his neck, which the autopsy results, um, which the autopsy results were supposed to be sealed, but someone leaked them course high profile case oh yeah so um it revealed that the tape was nylon tape or the the uh i'm sorry the wire was nylon string nylon uh Wire, string, cord, cord, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they said that there was a significant cut was on his body as well. But they pretty much wrapped it up to say, um, you know, that might have been just debris from the tides and. You know, sure. being out in the ocean. Uh, the next day, on the 14th, a passerby found a torso of a recently pregnant woman. Like, how do you know it was recently pregnant? I mean, depends. If it's been split up the middle, and there's a whole, you know, like stomach kind of open, and... I mean, she didn't have a C-section. No, no. But if he did it on the boat? I mean, this was like a John boat that he had. It wasn't some big, fancy boat. Yeah, no, no. I mean, sure, but still. Um, But they found a torso of a recently pregnant woman wearing a wearing beige pants and a maternity bra on the east shore of the bay along a rocky shoreline of the same park they were found like a mile away from each other recurrence that time of year probably right. probably the, up in the same spot her Just body about. was decomposed to a point of almost being unrecognizable as a human body since the head and the arms and most of the legs and all the internal organ, organs except for the uterus were missing. 
I don't know how that works. No idea. Um, it depends. Or was the body chewed on? You know, I mean, obviously something had eaten on it. Yeah. You throw something in the ocean. I mean, it's been in there for months. Yeah. You know, if he did it. Oh uh, yeah, if he did it, you know. And this is gonna sound really. It's probably gonna sound really fucked up. Here we go. <laughs> but. If he, pulled, close your ears. if he pulled the baby out, you yeah. know, cut her open, pulled, you know, killed her, cut her, cut the baby out, pulled it out, did whatever he did with the baby, and then left her open like that, then sure, that would attract numerous amounts but of animals. But what is the uterus be out to? You got to think, the uterus is close to the pelvic bone. You know, there's there's a little bit of protection right there. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's hard to say. Um, on the 18th, DNA, DNA verified that they were the bodies of Lacey and Connor. Um, what was his reaction? We'll get to that. Well, that's the telltale right there, so sure. Um, Connor's skin was not decomposed at all. Although the right side of his body was mutilated. Um, about a quarter inch of umbilical cord was still attached to him. Uh, the end was tattered and frayed. Which is consistent with like tearing and not cutting. Uh, the one and a half inch loops of plastic tape around Connor's neck were determined to be ocean debris. Um, the cause of Lacey Peterson's death was undetermined and there was no evidence of man-made wounds despite the fact that her head and all of part of her limbs were missing. Uh, again, I mean... I just don't know how, I mean, I guess I could see, like, animals, like sharks or, you know, something just mm -hmm. taking it off, especially in the ocean. But. Well, I imagine, and this is purely speculation, but as far as the head goes, you know, you got dental records, you got, you know, all kind of stuff, facial, whatever, and, you know, you kind of. You want to take that off first. Right. To toss it out yeah, somewhere. Definitely. It's surely going to sink. Yeah. And then... But it won't be found at the same time. Um, I mean, you probably would never find that. Deep enough water, it goes straight to the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's just going to sit there. Yeah. And as far as the arms and stuff, sharks, you know, bigger predators like that. Yeah. They'll flock to it. Scavenge what they can off of it, and the rest of it will just float. Um, her cervix was intact. The infant died in the womb, and his body floated free from the mother's body through an opening in the body 
caused by decomposition or decomposition. So it's saying that, you know, the mom's body was decomposing and he just floated out of her stomach. No. While she was decomposing. Have you ever seen a deer on the side of the road? Yeah. You know, you pass a deer on the side of the road that's been hit by a car, and, you know, it, it looks like a deer. And then come back a couple of days later, and it looks like a, a balloon deer. Yeah. <laughs> the, the legs are just spread out. And, yeah. and you know. Yeah. But eventually, it's going to burst. Right. Gases gas gas build up inside the body until it just comes apart. Right. And, yeah, I mean, sure. Um, God, could you imagine passing by a deer as it bursts? No, no, that probably sucks. <laughs> that would be scary. She had two cracked ribs, but it couldn't be determined if it was occurred before or after her death. The salt water. The Connor's body was in the water for a short amount of time before it was found. After the bodies were found, the FBI and the Modesto Police Department conducted searches of Peterson's home and Scott's truck, the warehouse, toolboxes, and boat. Um, April 18th, 2003, Scott was arrested in San Diego, California. He was headed to, because he was staying with his family, of course, and they were all headed to the golf course when he noticed some unmarked cars following him. Figured they were paparazzi, so he called his brothers and his dad and was just like, hey, you know, I'm not bringing the paparazzi to watch me golf because that will look bad. And I don't want to mess up y'all's time, so. And they're like, yeah, you know, I understand. So he keeps driving around aimlessly and finally ends up at the golf course because he just has nowhere else to go. Uh, the light, the car turns its blue lights on as soon as it gets into the parking lot. And they arrest him. He was found in his Mercedes Benz, overstuffed with... $15,000 cash, 12 Viagra tablets, survival gear, camping equipment, several changes of clothes, four cell phones, a picture of him and Lacey, and his brother's driver's license. And plus his brown hair was now dyed blonde. Uh, once Scott gets arrested, his defense is able to get a hold of all of the evidence that they have on Scott. You know, once he's arrested, they can get all yeah, of the prosecution. Filed, filed for motions, and, and right. it takes a little bit of time, but um, they get all the discovery and right. That's if the DA has their <laughs> shit together. But there was not one piece of solid physical evidence. Of course not. No. All of this is speculation. 
if you dump a body in a body of water, you're less likely to have any physical evidence because water erodes, yeah. especially over time. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is months. I mean... Months. This is December four, to four April? months. Four, <laughs> five months, yeah. Like, that's a long time yeah. for a body to be in salt water. They're, especially salt water. They're yeah. lucky they found anything. Um, so, they moved the trial to Redwood, California. Obviously, because he wasn't going to get a fair trial in Modesto. I mean, at this time, this was national news. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, he wasn't going to get a fair trial anywhere. Well, murder rap, you always try to change the venue. Just a kind of de delay tactic at the very least. Right. Um, uh, the, the jury selection... 50% of the jury pool gets denied because they automatically think Scott is guilty without seeing any of the evidence. Yeah. Or if they're totally against the death penalty, they're automatically um, denied to be on the jury. Which, it's not supposed to be like that. You know, you're supposed to have uh, what's the word? People that think either way. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be right. You're supposed to be have an open mind towards. Right. You know, the the crime has to fit. The, the punishment, punishment has to fit the crime. Right. And the jury was not sequestered. Do you know what that is? I don't. I didn't know what that was. People that don't know what it was. Usually, you know, when you're on a high-profile jury like that, they have you sequestered in a hotel until the trial ends, which means you can't talk to anybody. You can't... Um, it's basically like going can't, off the grid, right. government style. Right. Like they, you, you, you can't you, talk to anybody or anything about anything about the case. Nothing. You can't look at, you know, they'll take your cell phones or whatever, so you can't look on the internet. Can't be on social media. You can't, you can't be, no. do anything that will ref, that will reflect how you um, judge against this case. Right, and you know, a lot of that comes from the mafia. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, they used to sway juries all the time. Oh, that makes sense a lot. And, you know, I'll, I'll, and it wouldn't take anything but, like, a, a, a subtle threat to be like, hey, you know, this guy's innocent. Or this guy's guilty. Right. This, you know, and just... So that's a lot of the reason why, on a high-profile case, yeah. you, you almost can't even talk to your family. Yeah, you can't talk to nobody about the trial. You're pretty much on complete lockdown. Yeah. So... Um, the prosecution pretty much said, you know, Lacey was killed on the 23rd. He cleans up, moves the body to his truck in the morning, dumps it in the marina the next day. And the motive was he no longer wanted to be a father or married to anybody. He wanted to live the life of a single young guy. And it was a lot easier than getting divorced. 
No. No, it probably wasn't. No, <laughs> I don't I mean, think I so. Mean, at, at this point in the storyline, it almost definitely was not. Because if they had got divorced, even if it was a high-profile divorce, would not have gone this far. Right. And, of course, the, the defense was, you're not going to like my client. You're, he's not a nice guy. He's not a good, faithful husband. But we're going to prove that he's an innocent husband. You know, you might not like this guy. He might be a fucking asshole. But he didn't do it. Probably not how I would want him by, you know, defense to start off, for sure. I mean, but, you know, that's... It's the truth. And they didn't like him. Nobody liked him. And from the very beginning, nobody liked him. So, um, the maybe, pros- maybe nobody ever liked him. Maybe. That was his whole point, or his whole problem. Maybe. Maybe he got, uh, maybe he got framed. No, just like, like his whole life. Like, maybe he was picked on in school, oh. and, you know, girls didn't like him in high school, and then he got a good job, and then he, you know... But Is still, that what like, happened to nobody you? Nobody really liked that. I'm sorry, nobody liked you. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're looking at one of those rare cases where, about me, I just, if you don't like me, that's great. <laughs> fuck off. Because <laughs> when I say I don't give a fuck, I mean that shit. Wholeheartedly. But anyway. So, the prosecution's opening statement. Alright, so, the morning of Lacey's disappearance, Scott said he woke up. um, He said that Lacey was watching Martha Stewart making lemon meringue cookies on TV. And so... Um, their opening statement including included that Scott said that the morning his wife's disappearance he, requ- he recalled watching Martha Stewart making lemon meringue cookies and that's false because it wasn't running on the morning she went missing and so the defense comes back in their opening statement and shows a clip, a dated clip of Good Morning America, the morning of her disappearance of Martha Stewart making lemon meringue cookies. So they didn't do any of their fucking research. And see, that's they're the- just saying some shit. That's the problem with a high-profile case because, you know... They almost don't have to. Look at, looking at it objectively, whether or not he's guilty or not, you know, if everybody believes already, especially one a case where the media is involved... Right. If he's already guilty in the media's eyes, mm-hmm. you can't really change that. Right. In the media's eyes. 
people are still going to be like, oh, no, no, he did it, you know, this and that. And they're just going to, they're going to have their opinions because everybody's got their fucking opinions. At the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that the prosecution was wrong. Right. I mean... And there were a lot of things that they just said that was absolutely, completely fucking wrong. The prosecution? Yeah. Yeah, see, I mean... I mean, they they called an expert witness to talk about what he found on Scott's work computer. And there were a couple of things that day that came up, like, so around 8.40... AM somebody was looking up a scarf and a sunflower umbrella. Apparently this bitch was obsessed with sunflower stuff. Oh, oh yeah, sound like somebody else I know. Um, you know. Oh, I, wow. I, I like it. Let's hope she doesn't come up missing. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's looking up to make look make it look like I looked mm-hmm. it up. She had me order three dozen uh, sunflower eat things <laughs> <laughs> the night before she went missing. Yeah. Yeah, on your iPad. Yeah, exactly. The one thing that I don't ever use. I have a computer and an iPad and a what and a fucking phone. Wait, you have an iPad? I do. Where? It's in that drawer in there. Does it work? It's a first generation. Joe gave it to me. It's so the, slow. Then, then why the fuck did I have to buy a whole nother iPad? it's so to, fucking to, slow. But you'd still. You would have threw that thing across the damn room. But still. I could have got insurance on it and then broke it and then got something new. And I had to pay so damn much. I'm just playing. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I like my little iPads. <laughs> I don't use it much, but I like it. I don't. I don't really like the iPad. I don't like using my phone. I really like using my computer. I'm a computer person. Have you tried to use that I iPad? Wanna, I've used that iPad. And I Have you tried like to it. use that iPad? No. Because when when you put it down on the little Bluetooth uh, keyboard, keyboard? It's, it's a it's a it's a laptop. No. Yeah, but it's not the same. It is, and and guess yeah. what? And and you can touch icons and, and drag stuff it's on, on the different, screen. It's a different setup. Like if I were to go on Safari on my computer, like okay, ServiceMate. We use ServiceMate for work. Yeah. The ServiceMate app is very different than the ServiceMate on the computer. Yeah. And I like it. Guess on what? The computer. What? You can pull up the service mate in Safari. It's not the same though. It sure is. It's not. It sure is. Mm-mm. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> you guys got that right? Edit that out. <laughs> Do not edit that out. <laughs> Make sure everybody knows it was her. No. Oh God, it stinks. Um. All right. So. And the prosecution says, okay, well, there was 
some empty bags of concrete mix at your warehouse. What's up with that? Because he made... Their theory was he made he made concrete anchors. Alright? You know what that is. Oh, yeah. You know, you put a little hook and then you, you know, put a block of cement on the bottom of it and it makes an anchor. No, you can, you can tie down bushes and stuff like that. We do it all the time for freshwater fishing. Right. I don't, I don't know about saltwater, but, you know, it gives a fish a place to uh, hide out, you know, some, some cover for them. Mm-hmm. And, and we mark the well, spot, and then, you know, we cast around that until they bite. Well, he used it as an anchor. That's what he used it as. And so... Wait, wait, they verified this? Yes, they found one on his um, on his boat. They asked him what it was. He said it was an anchor. So, anyways. So, their theory was that he made four extra concrete anchors to hold Lacey's body, Lacey's body down into the ocean. Which would explain, like, why her limbs broke off. Sure. And... Smaller parts of the body would deteriorate faster. Right. So, but he's like, no, because I poured the rest of that concrete in my driveway. So, after that day in court, Nancy Grace goes on and on about this fucking concrete. Because Nancy Grace is just... Look, she's a peach. She's exhausted. Listen, and don't get me wrong, she probably does some great work, but to listen to her talk, Mom used to love Nancy Grace. Dude, I need a drink after listening to her. <laughs> my, like... my, my, my mother used to love Nancy Grace, <laughs> to hear her talk on television, and that's great. But every time it come time for her TV show, or she just popped up on TV, it's time to go outside do some yard work or something. <laughs> just like, I just, listen, I, not to downgrade her, she does a lot of good stuff. Yeah, she does a lot of good work. But, her voice, to me, is like nails on a chalkboard times three. <laughs> it's just like, eee! like, I just can't take it. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather go out there and put my angle grinder on and grind steel for no reason. <laughs> So, Nancy Grace goes to the house and sees the spot where he poured out the concrete. So, he was telling the truth. And, of course, the prosecution busts out Amber Fry to apes. You know, they point to it and it's like, look how easy and calm Scott is about lying. And, you know, he's going on about life like nothing's happening. And the, the defense actually set up a boat test. They put jurors in a boat and they had a 150 pound body shaped weight. And they were like, look, this is exactly what kind of boat Scott has. I want you to try to put the body on the boat and you know sail off they couldn't do it 
they tested it four times and they could not do it uh, successfully without you know the boat flipping over the guy that did the test almost died twice really? yes I don't know it didn't say how he almost died but it said he almost died twice I mean listen I got a John boat out in the front yard. Right. 150 pounds? Sure. It's going to be a little sketchy. I could probably get it off of the boat. I could I could definitely get it on the boat. That's not a problem. I could probably get it off the boat in the water. No problem. Right. You just got to do it one piece at a time. I'm like, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they're not saying like she was already in pieces. Oh, no, I understand. I'm saying, like, like one end at a time. Yeah, and without being noticed. One arm, you know, one arm. And without being noticed. Yeah. So many people saw him that day. Just one of those things. I mean, I guess, you know. Um, but anyways, and the court wouldn't let any of that into the trial. What, any of the eyewitness accounts? No, the the test, the the boat test. Oh, okay, probably, that's probably for the best, because... Yeah. The prosecution says that they got dogs to track Lacey's scent to the marina. And that's awesome, that's so cool. Like, you know, you got them to track down the scent of Lacey Peterson to the marina. That's awesome. How well, far away was the marina from her house? Um, it was a while. So You're talking about miles? Yeah. Yeah. If he was in a vehicle, that's not happening. I mean, I think they're saying just like at the marina, they picked up on their her set. She has access to this property. Yeah, I know. So, so first of all. The dogs came out, oh, I'm sorry, the dogs came out months after her disappearance, and they failed their certification to become tracking dogs, hmm. and they came out twice before and didn't hit on her scent, but of course those weren't logged, and it's cross-contamination because anything Lacey would have had Scott sit on it too. You know, they live in the same house. Oh, that's true. And they could not agree on the time of death for Connor. Uh, the expert for the prosecution says that Connor died on the 24th and the expert on the defense said that Connor died on the 29th. I don't know why it's such a big gap. Yeah, I can I can see you know eight hours. You know something like that, something closer. But that's what that's five days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like five days guess, after she died, he died. I Come guess on. what they're trying to figure out is you know after she died. Did he stay alive? I doubt that there's But any... I don't 
think that's how that works. No, I, d- I doubt. Maybe an hour mm. after the mother dies. Maybe two hours. Yeah. Maybe even four hours. But five days? Four days? Five days? You know, a day? No. I doubt it. Because rigor mortis and, and stuff like that, they set in pretty quick. It does, it, what does it take, like 12 hours, 8 hours mm-hmm. for a body to set into rigor mortis? Right, right. Depending on the conditions. And the defense expert totally breaks down on the stand. He's clearly never been cross-examined before. Mm. He was just saying, hey, I just I need a minute. Like, y'all are really... <laughs> Y'all, y'all, are, y'all are coming for y'all it. Y'all are good, okay? Just <laughs> whoa, down. Whoa, Hold whoa. on. So, um, the defense didn't subpoena any of the people around the neighborhood that saw Lacey walking the dog that morning. And they say that they saw her while he was on the computer looking for, um, you know, sunflower stuff. Sunflower umbrella. Um, well, mostly because eyewitness testimony isn't exactly 100% accurate. They were saying multiple things. Yeah. They couldn't agree on what time. You asked 50 people what, what that one person wore during this particular event. And, you know, you get a red shirt. You you know, you get brown shoes when Mm -hmm. really he was, uh, had on a, a blue shirt. Right. And, and black shoes. And, Unless and it's just, like, seriously, like, it has to be something important to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that because that was the day I was headed out of the house to go, you know, to a banquet. And yeah, something important. Yeah, and but, I left no, the house I at out, this time. It's not like I walked outside to mow the lawn and I saw her. She had a, right. a brown shirt and, and, you know, red pants. Right. Or red, you know. Right. Because people suck. They don't pay attention yeah. to shit. and they were, they, you know, they all said that she was wearing different things. Yeah. And, you know, just, it wasn't accurate enough to be on the stand. Yeah. Because people suck. So, um, the closing statement of the defense was pretty bland. Said, okay, you know, he obviously did not do this. They have no physical evidence. And the prosecution closing statement was they put a picture of Lacey, eight months pregnant, alone at a Christmas party. And they showed a picture of Scott and Amber snuggled up at a Christmas party on the same night. Of course, like, showing motive. And that was it. That was a trial. I mean, listen, not for nothing, in a murder trial, motive means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, any rational person would know that two months into a relationship is not enough. Listen, Dude, not even. It was five weeks. I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying two months, like, to the from the point that they started talking to the point that he confessed to her, you know, 
that amount of time is not enough it's not enough time that's still not enough time for someone to become emotionally attached to someone that they don't know to be like hey you know my wife's missing right and I and the person that's on every TV channel you turn to yeah of course you knew that because they have my picture but you right. know and the him having all all that survival gear and you know changing his hair color and I mean whatever else he had when he was arrested which I think he was just hiding from media I don't Probably. think he was I mean that's just me I don't know why you would have Viagra I don't know why you the, <laughs> like, the Viagra. You know, the Viagra is like a, a you know, just just a fucking a vari- to, variable right yeah. there. I mean, it's just a way to um, you know start a fire. I've heard you can start a fire real good with some Viagra. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard you can start a fire real good with some Doritos chips. <laughs> I've heard of that too. <laughs> but you know. I'm a practical yeah, kind of person. Motive so. is motive is crazy, you know. It's it's definitely important. But anyways, so of course he was guilty, sentenced to death. All right. So I don't know if you knew this. In 2012, they um, filed an appeal. The appeal was made for a few different reasons. Um, mainly because of jury selection. Sure. One, you know, because, oh, yeah. like I said, they... You definitely use that to your advantage in any case. They only believed in death penalty. Uh, there was a lot of jury turnover. Uh, people got kicked off. People who got threatened and asked to be kicked off. People who talked about the case and shouldn't have got, should have gotten kicked off, but didn't. Um, and the evidence was faulty. There was only, the only real evidence was the dogs, and they weren't even credible. Right, I mean, listen, in any criminal case, your physical evidence is like 70% of your case. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and you got, you know, you got motive and, and, and you know, practicality of how you can actually commit said whatever crime. Right. And, and there's a couple other factors in there, but your motive, like what was the motive? Right. Especially in a murder case. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and then also they said that they should have been able to bring the boat experiment in. Um, and also, between the years, now you tell me if this sounds weird, okay? So, between the years of 1999 and 2002, seven pregnant women in or around the Modesto area went missing. 
In seven, in, in three years. In three years. Uh-huh. So you mean to tell me Scott Peterson was actually a serial killer? A serial killer. No. Targeting. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what that sounds like, though, is a serial killer. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Pregnant women. Uh-huh. Were they ever found? No. Now, a woman does say there was a um, the same day, you know, shortly before Lacey went missing, an eight-month pregnant woman was stopped by these men outside of her shop. So she called the police and stayed inside, you know, didn't go outside or didn't conversate with them. But she called the police and the men went away. So, um, it sounds like human trafficking. That's sounds a good a one, lot, too. a lot yeah. like human trafficking. Yeah. Now, was this public knowledge at that point? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, none of them were, you know, um, advertised, I guess, would oh. be the wrong word for it. But it wasn't. I mean, it was known. Yeah. But they weren't connecting all of them, I don't think. And it's pretty funny that it ends in 2002. Why is that funny? Because that's when she went missing. So. So did it stop after no. that? Because oh, they were like, oh, things got way too hot. I'm done. <laughs> they probably moved to a different area. Right. If that was human trafficking, then they probably right. moved to a different area. Um, mm-hmm. Now, listen, there was no physical evidence of her being on that boat. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. From, from what you've oh, yeah, been able to no. dig up. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And that just doesn't... I don't know. That right there doesn't sit right because... Listen, if you go out there to my little boat, got a 10-foot John boat. Mm-hmm. You can see where I've been fishing out there for at least three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, at least the threat last three times that I've been fishing out there. Because it's a little boat. Right. A lot of stuff on a little boat, you don't get to move all of it out at one time. I mean, Right. I mean, like, I don't think they ever went out on it together, but, like, you know, she knew he had it. It was... Yeah. I don't know. But... You want to go fishing? Right now? Yeah. It is 1140. That's okay. On a Tuesday. Catfish biting right now. On a Tuesday. Yeah. Turn it up. On a Tuesday. Home fishing on a Tuesday. No. So, anyways. (laughs) uh, Oh, and that lady that, um, you know, almost got kidnapped. She had her baby the same day that Connor was supposed to be born. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, Listen, there are some fucked up people out there. Okay. Yeah. There are people that murder their wives because they don't want to be with them anymore. Yep. But there are people who target 
pregnant women yeah. to get to the children. Yeah. To sell them mm-hmm. to somebody else who wants a baby. Yeah, that's a thing. It's I mean, it's they're the black market. The it's called people out there. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is. And somewhere like California, like, uh, I mean, not to sound. How long, listen, how long after she went missing until the point that it was a national case? You're talking about like what, like a week? Yeah. See? He could very well be innocent. If she was targeted by human trafficking, then they figured out she was too hot to fuck with. Yeah. After put her in the ocean, he got blamed for it. Could have been. Yeah. And on the flip side of that coin, he could very well have not wanted to be with her anymore. Didn't see a way out. Decided it was best to just whack her, put her in the ocean. After five weeks? Maybe it wasn't <laughs> just that. I mean, maybe there was more before that. Yeah. You know, yeah. leading up to it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so in 2020, he got re to life in prison with no possibility of parole. He got for the murder of Lacey and a concurrent sentence of 15 years for the second degree murder of Connor. Right. Um, of course, that, which means they just dropped the death penalty. Yeah. Um, concurrent, isn't that like with, like he'll serve life with the 15 years? Or is no. that plus the 15 years? The- the 15 years will con- run consecutive with the, or concurrent. Concurrent. Concurrent, yes. Yeah. Life and the 15 years will run concurrent. Together. With, with okay. that sentence, yes. And then no possibility of parole. Um, he was able to prove that the potential jury members were dismissed only for not believing in the death penalty. And that is the only thing that they would listen to. That is the only reason he did not get the death penalty. Or he right. got it resentenced. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only reason he won his appeal. Yeah. Yeah. So, as of right now, 2022... Scott Peterson is 49 years old. He's been sitting in prison for 19 years. And he'll probably be in there for the rest of his life. Probably. Is he guilty or innocent? Are you asking me? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me start by saying this. They just let another guy out after 40 years of being in prison. Just about. 38, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Almost 40 years of being in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Right. 
And that's before they had DNA evidence and everything. So, without substantial, conclusive Who are you talking about? Evidence. I'm talking about this. I don't remember the guy's name. I saw it on social media. Avery? Could have been. I don't know. Okay, anyway, sorry. I, you know, I mean, it was African-American guy. Oh, okay. That got released after 38 years in prison. 38 years in the chain gang. That's so crazy. It's, like, unimaginable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. No. Couldn't imagine spending that much time in, in a box and then being let out of the box and said, Hey... Wasn't your fault, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. It was, uh, Our bad. We fucked up. <laughs> we fucked up. It's just because you you were the wrong color. And you can you can sue for that, right? Like you can sure, sue yeah. For... I mean, he'll he'll get reparations and and whatnot. Most likely, if he goes through the right channels, but he'll never be able to live a life. Listen, if you hand this man a phone right now, he'll shit a brick. Yeah. So, without just undeniable, conclusive evidence that this man did this, I don't know. He did some shady shit. Oh, yeah. He did some really shady shit, especially, like, on the cusp of everything beginning. Yeah. And then, like, it just... It's like he either... Has the worst luck ever. <laughs> right. Or he did it. And he's a fucking genius. He's not a genius. He's in prison. Well, yeah. But. He's in prison think, for life. And guess what? They don't like people who fuck with women and children. I think, honestly, there's like a 40% chance that he did it. But. They just didn't have the evidence. How can you tell me that you have the evidence to put this man in prison for the rest of his life? Circumstantial evidence is still evidence. But that's not... You're telling me that he did it because he had an affair? And that's it. That's the only thing. That's it. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand what you're saying. He had an affair for five weeks. But, listen... If you can convince 12 people... Oh, yeah. ...that that is the truth, guess what? It's the truth. That's law. Yeah. That's how the law works. Yeah. You're right. That's crazy. I mean, it's... And that's why some people, like, you know, go to just... A judge making the decision to waive their right to a jury because the jury will go off of emotion. Right, yeah. And oh, the yeah. judge will go off of law. Right. Sometimes that can backfire too. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, it's just crazy. Not not to say that he's guilty or innocent, but really the system is, in that particular sense, is kind of fucked up. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because all you have to do 
is convince 12 dumbasses. That, that don't know anything. That don't know anything about the law, about anything. You just have to be able to convince 12 people that this is fact. Yeah. And all of them don't have to agree. It it always doesn't have to be a unanimous decision. And if they don't like you from the very beginning, you have no fucking chance. Exactly. Should have been. the media. I want to say there's a way you could claim a mistrial on that basis right there. I mean, yeah. I mean, there. There's a show on Netflix. It's called Trial by Media. Mm-hmm. And. You know, it's stuff like that, or there was a, um, oh, what was that show? There was a talk show back in the day. Ricky Lake? It was before that. Before Ricky Lake? Yeah. Ricky Lake was like 1994. I know. The only reason I remember it was because they showed reruns on TV late It wasn't Ricky Lake, it was something else. But she, um... They had a guy come out and profess his love, his man love, for his friend. And, and his they, friend come out and beat and him up. And his friend had no fucking idea. So, when they let, you know, he kind of like laughed it off. And then after the show, the guy kept, you know, he was like, hey, like. Uh, I wasn't playing around like this is for real and the guy ended up fucking shooting him in his head uh, that's a little bit extreme well yes absolutely I mean, but be- best friend I could see fighting about it but shooting somebody is absolutely but like trial by media they turned it all into oh a hate crime yeah yeah definitely a hate oh, yeah. crime it was just this huge thing. There was, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff like that, but media fucks everything up. It's not the media. Because really, for, I can't even say 80%. We'll say like 51% of the media reports the truth. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But then people get involved. And they bump that number on up because of their opinions and, and what they think about the case and could be could be the case here. Right. That he looked guilty. Maybe he didn't care about her at the end. Right. She went missing. He was like, ah, you know, I'll move on. Yeah. But sure, it sucks. Especially for her. Yeah, I would assume that she left me. Right. Especially after a couple of affairs, right? Right. Like, oh shit, she found out what I was doing. Yeah. And she fucking left. She didn't even take shit with her. She gone. She didn't even take her fucking car. She gone. She she had her aunt's house all the way across the country. Mm Mm-hmm. Or or something, you know. but, But, like, yeah, man. When the media gets a hold of something, and it's something that can sell... Oh, they yeah. will absolutely just murder a motherfucker. Yeah. On the TV screen. Literally. But yeah, I remember, I remember watching it on TV. The Scott Peterson trials. Mm-hmm. 
and thinking, that white motherfucker did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a thing in the true crime world. The husband always did it. Yeah, but still. The husband fucking did it. I remember watching it on TV. Oh, yeah. And, and all you see is slander. Oh, yeah. And, and you know. You Nancy know. get. Nancy Grace fucking running that shit into just, the goddamn ground. Just, you know. Yeah. Slander after slander after slander. Yeah. And not saying he didn't do it. But I thought he did it just because they said he yeah. did it. I mean, and like I said, there's a 40% chance in my mind that he did it. Like, sure. there's and like a 40% chance that he did it. This he, motherfucker. He's a Caucasian male. This motherfucker. Whose wife ended up murdered. Yeah. 97.8% of America thought he did it when it came yeah. out on national TV. You didn't have any fucking evidence. And the None! Weird, the weird part about it is how does the media sell that? Just like on views? Because I don't watch that shit. <laughs> a lot of people do. I, I, a lot of people thrive on it. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I like a good drama. Now, now I love me some Dr. Phil, okay? But... Uh, Doctor Phil can kiss my ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's just about the only news-related thing that I even watch. I don't. I, I don't do the news. I don't and, do all the sad, I, I crazy. I say Doctor Phil can kiss my ass, but listen, he does a lot of good work. Yeah. Can't undermine that. Right. But some some of his philosophies I just don't agree with. So he can kiss my ass. Doctor Phil is God. Shut your mouth. You're going to hell. I'll that, smack. I, 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 Listen, you can edit this out, you. but I, I will smack Dr. Phil on his bald ass head. <laughs> and I guarantee you, he won't be able to touch me afterwards. <laughs> guarantee. Guilty or innocent? Yes or no? You want, you want me to pass judgment on this motherfucker? Yeah, now. On this motherfucker that I ain't never met before? Yep. That all I've heard is from what the media said and from what you've told me? Right now, guilty or innocent? Neither. It's it can't be neither. It's inconclusive. I think he's innocent. Really? I, yeah. I think I, he's innocent. I think... Mostly, he is innocent. I think that, you know, the... Which I really... what I was thinking more of a serial killer than, you know, people in the black market selling babies. But that's a good theory. I mean, that, hey, that that's, that's... You had the, what? That, well, what? How many of them was it in the that year? Seven in three years. In three years. Seven in three years. That's black... That's, listen... That is, that is not a serial killer. Most serial killers don't really fuck with babies. Right. Because they can associate or, or whatever. But black market? Right. Human trafficking? Yeah. Absolutely. That makes more sense to me than anything. They target people like that. Yeah. Especially in that area. Going out, walking your dog. Yeah. 
freaking, you know. Wait, how, wait until you get close enough and it'll snatch you up. Yeah. The, I mean, you're literally right on the coast. They could mm-hmm. just put your ass on a boat. Oh, that baby, listen, if if that baby was still alive, it would still be in the States. Oh, it's not. <laughs> Still, there, there's somebody right here that'll buy it. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. But I say, hundred percent innocent. He's not guilty. He, and even if he is, they did not have enough evidence on that motherfucker. Yeah. That I, no, I definitely agree not. on that point. Absolutely not. I I still say it's inconclusive. There's not enough evidence to support either one. But I will say this. White people are fucking crazy. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when, yeah. they, when they say till death do us part, they mean that shit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to us bullshit around. Yeah, sorry we bored you, but, you know, it's what you make it, so. It's only a party when it's a Willie P party. There you go. And a Willie P party don't stop. Until the fireball runs out. That's right. (laughs) Bye, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, please rate and review. If you haven't by now, join the Facebook group, Murder with Friends. Follow me on Instagram at Murder with Friends. Send me an email, murderwithfriends at yahoo.com. And visit my awesome website, www.murderwithfriendspodcast.com. And remember... If you're thinking about murder, talk about it with friends. Bye, guys.